All right, welcome to another episode of Keo Conversations. I am your host, Mark Champagne, and it is my job to unpack the stories and mental fitness practices of people living at the top of their game personally and professionally. Today, I'm chatting with Blessing, who is pursuing a BS in information systems with minors in security technology and business administration at Drexel University. She is a community leader, woman in tech, public speaker, and co-founder of Students of LinkedIn. She's also a campus editor for LinkedIn and really tries to create a space not only where she can continue to help other students around the world, but where students can help students ultimately creating a synergistic movement and mindset. She is awesome and so dialed in from a mental fitness standpoint. She drops a lot of awesome practices that really any of us can use at any point in our lives. And I'm really pumped to share this chat. Enjoy the conversation. This podcast is brought to you by Minimalism Life. A simple life is one with less stress, less stuff, and more purpose. We love these guys because they publish awesome content on a weekly basis about minimalism as a tool to help you be more focused and feel more fulfilled. Check them out at minimalism.life. And don't forget, all of these awesome guests end up in our journaling app and mental fitness tool, Keo, to help guide you through your daily reflection. Take it for a spin in the Apple App Store and let us know what you think. Have the absolute best day yet. All right, so the first question for you, Blessing, for, is the same question I ask all guests, and it's um, slightly loaded on purpose. Um, and it is, you know, who are you or what defines you? Wow. So I would definitely say that I am a global citizen, and I think that's what defines me as well. Um, global citizen in the sense that I, I see many places or many countries as my home. So not just one place I've stayed in, but all of them collectively. So I was born in Nigeria. I lived there for two years. Then I moved to Germany. I lived there for six years. German was my first language. And then after living in Germany for six years, I moved to Scotland in the United Kingdom. I was there for 10 years. And then I spent my senior year of high school in Princeton, New Jersey, before starting college at Drexel University in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. So in all of the contexts that I've found myself in, I like to call them my home. Um, and I have so many memories there, so many experiences there. So collectively, I like to say that that is who I am. And that is what made me to be who I am today. I I love that. Thank you for sharing that. It's, you know, just, just knowing you a bit now or following, you know, you on social. And I mean, we've had a few discussions and we've worked on some, some joint initiatives together. You know, the things, some of the things that come to mind for me is just your ability or your drive to connect um, and, and connect in, in different ways uh, online, but obviously in person as well. And kind of do that, doing that through content and storytelling, like where, where's all that coming from? Is that, is there an aspect of that kind of global citizen or the the traveling and the different experience you've had, you know, thus far that has fueled um, that part of your DNA? I think it definitely has something to do with it. So, you know, growing up and just being in different parts of the world, I've always, 
I've always been attracted to stories. So whether it's, you know, living in Germany and hearing about how the UK is or um, living in Scotland and remembering stories from, you know, my time in, in Germany, I think a lot of what has kind of motivated me and encouraged me to share my story today and to share content and everything like that is my background. So I grew up thinking that, you know, I'm not the, I guess like, I guess the traditional person that was born in one place, lived there, um, went to high school, to college and everything in one specific area. I I was different and I used to see that as a, as a disadvantage. So it came to a point where I was like, I have so many stories that I could, you know, share from the different places that I lived in, not just um, talking about the culture aspect of things, but also the experiences that I had in those specific areas. So I started to leverage that. I started to build up on that and really just share my story. So like, what was the shift that, you know, allowed you to, to, to move past that, that just that, cause that's a bit of a mindset thing, right? Like, you know, right. the disadvantages and things like that, um, that most people would kind of plow through and, and, and it just keeps packing. Right. And, and eventually 30 years down the road, all of a sudden, you know, that's what you're, you're trying to uncover, uh, through right. whatever means that you're, you're going through, but I think there was a conscious decision there. Yeah. Can, sure. can you share a bit of that or, or do you, do you know? So I think I only realized this recently as in, um, where I had that mindset shift. And I think it was when I came to college. So in my senior year of high school, I had to move to Princeton, New Jersey because my dad got a job there. And I was very reluctant. I was very hesitant to even, you know, start college here. I still had that mindset. I still had that feeling of, oh, I, you know, basically started the majority of my life in the UK. Let me finish it there. Let me go to college there. So even though I did my senior year of high school here, I I was already planning to go back to college um, in in the UK. So Hmm. when that plan didn't happen and I had to stay in America and I had to look for colleges here. I was like, okay, if I'm now in this position where I could have gone back to the UK to receive almost free education, but you know, those plans kind of change and now I'm in the I'm now in America where I have to pay, you know, thousands of dollars for my education. What do I need to do to you know, create a whole new experience for me that I know I wouldn't get in the UK. So it was just that 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 realization of, okay, I'm paying so much money to go to school in America. What can I do to, you know, get my money's worth? And I think it was that was the mindset shift the mindset shift. Um that was when I realized that there are so many opportunities, so many resources and everything like that that Americans or that some Americans, because they're so used to it, they don't realize what they have. So me being an outsider coming in, I was like, okay, these are the resources that no many people are looking at. These are the the platforms. These are the opportunities that I could take advantage of. And so I did. And that's kind of how everything started from there. I love it. No, and thank you for, for taking the time to share that. Um, Blessing, I definitely want to ask you, because you're, I mean, you're, you're currently in the thick of finals uh, in school, which right. you know a lot of people listening, uh, and at least our demographic, are probably in the exact same position. Um, so definitely want to talk a little bit about 
you know, the, your, your mental state now and like what you're doing to work through that. But maybe before we even get into that, um, it seems like you, you, from the very beginning have been really interested in getting involved from a student perspective on like on LinkedIn Mm -hmm. and tapping into, um, you know, there's student voices, there's, uh, you know, your LinkedIn campus editor. And then we obviously did some, some work together on the, on the being human campaign, uh, which which was targeted for, for students. So like, how did all that come about or, and like why focus on, I mean, you know, I guess another question to that is it seems like LinkedIn, um, it wouldn't be the the first place people would think that students or young people (laughs) would gravitate to, but even personally seeing how much is taking place there. And even with being human, right. How we, all of us reached, you know, over a million people in two days. Um, like there's something happening there. So I'd love your insight. Um, so in my sophomore year of college, I took part in what's called, um, cooperative education or co-op as we like to call it at Drexel where you basically have an internship you have a full-time job um for six months so for my first placement I worked as a social business strategist on a as a startup and basically my role was to teach professionals how to use platforms like LinkedIn and to advocate for the company that they're working at so I had to create software cards and um different things like that so similarly to how you know, my background has been kind of like going into a new environment or a new platform where I felt like an outsider. I was faced with the same thing, you know, in this new role. And I was like, how can a student who doesn't really know much about LinkedIn teach seasoned professionals how to use LinkedIn? So, you know, I had the same mindset of, you know, I'm in this situation. Let me take advantage of it. So as I was teaching these professionals how to use LinkedIn, I was doing it myself in my own personal time after my job. So I would build my profile and all of that stuff. And I did, I would continue to question myself, like, why am I using this platform? And Mm -hmm. even as I started to create content, my peers would also ask me, like, why am I always seeing you on LinkedIn? Like, why are your posts out there and things like that? And personally, I didn't have a concrete answer for them. I just had the idea that this is a platform that I could see myself being myself and, you know, sharing my story and things like that. So I just, I was persistent. I kept creating content. I kept um, connecting with people to build my network and things like that so that eventually I can get to a point where, you know, I started from zero, but now I'm at this place where I can now advocate for LinkedIn itself. Super interesting. So, you know, back kind of back to that, that familiar uh, word persistence, right? And I mean, right. I think we we follow or ride in some of the s- similar circles on LinkedIn, and that that clearly is um, one of the, the the common themes, right? I think just being right. able to show up uh, day by day and be you know consistent and persistent with 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 your message. So that, how do you balance that then? So that, like now, let's maybe loop in some of um, what's going on at school, but like. How do you balance staying on top of um, these social platforms and specifically, you know, content? Because it's not like you're just putting out short little uh, one-liners and, and like right. liking things or, or leaving, um, you know, non-thoughtful comments. Let's say, like you're you're truly engaging and you're and you yourself are putting out uh, really valuable content. So, how do you how do you mix that in on, on a day by day basis? 
Sure. So honestly, definitely has not been easy. Um, starting off, I was kind of, I wouldn't say I was obsessed, but I had this, you know, adrenaline, this energy that, oh, I need to post on LinkedIn, things like that. So I'd be posting like, you know, four times, five times a week. And obviously now that I have more responsibilities and just a lot more things on my plate, I've kind of dialed it down. So I usually, I like to say that, you know, there's enough time in the day to do what you need to do. It's just how you create time. So I wake up usually at like 5 or 6 a.m. And I usually have a 9 a.m. class. So between 5 and 6 a.m., I do, you know, I look at LinkedIn. I I start writing content, even if it's not for that specific day, but anything that's going on. Um, I would get that done with in the first three hours of my day. Okay. And I'd have class and other events throughout the day. But I think for me, it's it's been really helpful to just document as I go. I like to write down things a lot. So whether it's writing down quotes on my phone or just ideas of what um, kind of content I can post in the future, I think that's really helped. And it's come to a point now where I don't necessarily need to think about content or like, what do I need to post? Like with going to different events on campus or just being in classes itself, I can generate content from what I learn. Sure. It, it, excuse me. It's almost, you know, it's becoming, it, it's becoming intuitive, right? Because it's, right. it's so um, invested in in who you are. I'm curious, like, has there been anything that surprised you just using LinkedIn or this platform that, you know, you mentioned that at first you, you, you had a hard time kind of answering that question on why pick that platform. And it sounds like it was more of a, a gut feeling, right? That this was the right thing and that you just remain persistent and and see where it goes so like throughout that journey was there anything that you just did not expect that whether good or bad it doesn't matter but just that has really surprised you with the platform um so i think it's just the influence that you can have directly and indirectly with people so you know not everyone will comment on your post or message you saying that, oh, you inspired me or, oh, I love your content. But just the reach that your message can can have, I think that surprised me. I didn't really, because LinkedIn, you know, has a different algorithm compared to other platforms like, like Facebook or Instagram, it's very different. So I didn't necessarily know what to expect. But since then, you know, just... The amount of people that I've been able to to build relationships with and everything like that, I think that's really helped me. Um, but on the other hand, something that I didn't expect as well is how overwhelming it can actually be. Yeah. So as a student, you know, before even it got to the point of posting content and things, I would just see, you know, just different kinds of posts of even now, like just people posting about their accomplishments. And I feel like that can intimidate and overwhelm a lot of people because you know, they go on LinkedIn and they say, like, wow, these people are doing such great things like Google, Microsoft, all of that stuff. And then now they will look back at themselves and think that they don't have anything to share because it's not that big. Mm. And even now, like I went through a period where I would just get overwhelmed being on LinkedIn because I'm seeing all of these achievements. And, you know, someone can look at me and they're like, wow, but you've achieved so much as well. But I think there's still that barrier where people are only posting their achievements and not kind of like the the rocky road that led them to that achievement. Um, yeah. So I think that's definitely something that I also want to change on the platform. 
Yeah, totally. And, 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 you know, and that's where it's not different from, from the other platforms, right? Like, I mean, Instagram is notoriously known as people, you know, posting the highlight wheel of, uh, or reel of, of their life. Right. Um, whereas I, I find LinkedIn, I mean, again, just, just my personal opinion, I feel like there's an aspect of that, but I do feel like it still feels more human, like, especially Mm -hmm. with the comments. And I, I, I don't know, I just, I feel like people are, are are taking more time to actively, you know, comment or contribute on a on a post versus all the other platforms that are um just feel so bot-ish, right? When and mm, rightfully so, right. they probably are bots, but <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, LinkedIn still I feel like still has that that human aspect and and hopefully, you know, hopefully it stays like that. But you bring right. up a good point, right? I mean, if we if we start getting into this whole thing of people are only opposing accomplishments, then it, you know, might, it might quickly go down that, that same path. Right. And yeah, it is. I mean, I I can't imagine, um, like I just remember the whole being human campaign. And and since I was fault, you know, really trying to follow the hashtag and, and be engaged as much as possible, Mm -hmm. it was like, it was intense. Just, I mean, there was you, and then there was obviously, you know, three or four other people combining, a pretty massive reach and like the amount of messages <laughs> that were coming from that. It was, it was hard to manage that, uh, over those couple of days. Mm-hmm. But so do you, do you block off like in terms of, and this will be the last question for LinkedIn, like, do you block off time to actually gauge, uh, engage with, um, the people that are, are following you? I mean, I know you're taking time in the morning to write, which right. is super interesting because I mean, I think a lot of, I've heard that before, right? With like novelists and and people that are writing columns and things like mm. that, which is no different than what you know what you're doing is is blocking off that time for creativity. But what about the that rabbit hole of like just replying to messages and comments and all that kind of stuff? Yeah, so that I would say is the hardest thing for me to do on LinkedIn. <laughs> sure, um, I get overwhelmed really easily, and especially with messages, especially with notifications. So there would be times where you know I go on LinkedIn and I see the red bubble of how many notifications I have or how many messages I have, and I'll just leave LinkedIn because it's like there's just some feeling that I get that's like so much pressure to reply. So when it gets to that point, I kind of just, I cool off, I I let things go naturally. Um, but when it comes to replying to messages or, or comments, I like to be in the right mindset to do that. So I don't just want to reply to reply. Even if I have to wait like two weeks, I will make sure I'm in the right mindset to reply thoughtfully to that person that commented on my post. Um, mm. So that's usually done in the evening. so especially when it comes to writing a post so I would write the post in the morning and throughout the day when people you know comment or anything like that then I kind of just set aside I leave LinkedIn usually for the majority of the day then in the evening that's when I'll go back onto LinkedIn and I'll kind of just engage with people and reply to their comments okay gotcha um one thing I wanted to touch on, and and you wrote this in your uh, being human post, and mm-hmm. I love the way that you you frame this up. You said, I, "I used to be attracted to the broke and busy student lifestyle and mentality." Mm. Um, what what did you mean by that? So, this was one of the the major, or yeah, this was one of the major culture shocks that I 
I was hit with when I came to America, just how many people are so, they're so, not just that they're used to seeing that they're, oh, I'm broke or, oh, I'm so busy, I can't do this or, oh, I have so much to do when they don't really, but it makes them feel important or it makes them feel like they're better than other people when they say that, you know, not even that they have a calendar filled, but they're like, you know, I have so much to do or, you know, I'm broke, I don't have any money, but, um, and that's kind of what I fell into. I would always love to say that I'm busy and I feel good about myself and things like that. But then I realized that like, you know, just because so many people are doing it doesn't mean that you need to, you need to do that because even now, if you were, if someone was to ask you, you know, to, to hang out with them or something, and instead of you saying that you're busy, you say that you're productive, they will feel some type of way because mm-hmm. of the way you framed that. Or even if you say, instead of saying that you're broke, you say, oh no, this isn't in my budget right now, or this isn't a priority for me to spend money on. People will still feel some type of way. So I think that that's just the hole that a lot of people are in right now. Just the whole glorification of, you know, being a broke student or um, just being busy in general. It's so true. Cause if you think about it, it's almost, it's almost like the default when you ask someone, right? Like, right. Oh, how are you doing? Right. It's, <laughs> I, I would, and I catch myself doing this too. Um, mm. You know, I'd probably over 90% be like, Oh, I'm just so busy. Right. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and even, even if it's said in uh, like, in some sort of positive light and and it's not like I'm busy, I'm drowning type thing. It's just, it's the default, which is, which is wild. Um, and, and, and no wonder why we're, you know, we're struggling so much right now in general or as a, as a population with, with a lot of different mental health related Mm. challenges. Right. So that, you know, that, and that's the other topic I definitely wanted to to discuss with you because something you also shared with that campaign, um, was, was something that I really, I really respect it. And, and you mentioned how you schedule out um, five self-care days per month. Yeah. Um, so I guess, first of all, like, what are those to you and how have they helped with your own um, own mental health when, you know, when you do have a lot going on um, and, and to manage everything that that's happening? So kind of um, just touching on what I mentioned before about the whole glorification of being busy. There are some people that say and it's empty, but there's some people that will say it because they truly are busy. And I think that's where I fell into my, you know, my calendar would be full. I would always be doing something until I realized that it's gonna, it's going to tire me out. It's gonna make me feel exhausted at the end of the day. And I didn't need to do all of what I was doing. Um, so I think it was starting in February or so that I started scheduling, um, self-care days. So I love to schedule. I love to, to use Google Calendar. So as much as I was scheduling like different events I was going to or the classes I had, I was like, let me find a time. Let me find five days each month that I can just do what I love. And not to say that, you know, the rest of the days I don't do what I love, but that day is just for me. Like I don't take any calls. I don't, I don't, um, you know, consult or I don't do homework or anything. It's just a day for me to relax, whether it's, you know, doing that through cooking or watching a movie or playing the guitar. It's just a day for me. And, hmm. you know, the first few times I did it, and I know a lot of people or a lot of students commented on my 
you know, the being human post saying that, you know, when they do stuff like that or when they take breaks, they feel guilty. Um, and that's kind of how I was like the first few days. I was like, I'm really just wasting an entire day. But then the more I did it, the more I felt comfortable with it. And the more I saw the results of what I was doing, because it's like, you know, after a long, you know, one week or two weeks of just doing homework or working or just going out and about to different events, you need that time to just relax. And even if it's not just for a day, even if it's for a few hours where you're not replying to anyone or you're you're not going to an event or anything like that, just a time for you, I've realized how important that is. And you'll actually start to enjoy, you know, your own time um, instead of just giving a lot of your time and a lot of energy to other people. Well, what I love about it, the, about the concept, it's just, you know, if, if we don't actively stop ourselves or, or pull ourselves out of that autopilot, it's like we never create space, right, um, for, for our minds and, and for ourselves. So it just keeps going and going. And I can't remember where I heard this, but it was like, it doesn't matter. The, the analogy was, you know, it doesn't matter if you, you go and buy, you know, a Ferrari or <clears throat> excuse me, just like pick your, your brand of car or whatever it is. If you buy that and then literally just put a brick on the gas pedal mm-hmm. forever, I mean, eventually something's right. going to go wrong. Like, <laughs> you know, there, you can only sustain that for, for so long. And I mean, essentially that's, essentially that's what we're doing, right. With our, right. <clears throat> with our mind and, and bodies, we just don't ever stop. Um, so this is a great, these, these, these are really great, um, um, concepts to, 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 to try to execute on. So what have you found? And I know this is probably very personal to, to you, but like, just to get a bit practical, like what have you found has worked for you? Is there like certain days during the week or, uh, certain times during the month that, that you find have been more beneficial or less, or just any insights, just, you know, having practiced this for a bit. Yeah. Um, I don't think there's any, you know, day or time of the month specifically. I kind of just like before the beginning of a new month, I'll just look through my calendar and look for open days. So days I don't already have anything scheduled. And then I'll just quickly just, you know, create an event saying self-care days so that as the month starts and people are, you know, trying to book appointments with me or I have more events to put on my calendar. Once I see, I have color coordinated it. So it's Mart, it's um, it's green for this month. So every time I see that, I know that, okay, this is a, this is a, a no-go zone. Like I can't book anything for this day. So that has really helped. Um, okay. And I think just, it can be during the week or, or during the weekend. I think, um, yeah, it doesn't really matter for me. It's kind of just random. Yeah. It's, I mean, it sounds like the key is, and I like the idea of, um, scheduling the, them out, you know, a month in advance type things. Right. Cause, Cause it's, it, you know, our calendars fill up so quickly. I can see exactly. how if you don't do that, <laughs> it all of a sudden, like now all of a sudden your, your five becomes four, then three, <laughs> then two. <laughs> right. So, uh, amazing. Um, well, let's talk a little bit um, about campus. I mean, like I said, a, a huge, a huge part of our audience listening, um, and then also within within the app, are um, living in 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 your world right now, essentially. Mm-hmm. So, like, what just what are some of the pressures, just just for myself to understand as well that that you're seeing 
um, kind of evolve over the last couple of years uh, on campus from a, from a from a mental standpoint? Yeah, so I think definitely the idea of the idea that you're really competing with, you know, the rest of the student body. It's it's pressure on everyone because when someone asks you either like how are you doing or where you, like what internship or what co-op are you going on to next or are you involved in any programs or anything you're always in that state of you want to impress that other person and I think that puts a lot of pressure on on people because like what like what is the next big thing or what's the next great thing that I can do um yeah and I feel like walking around as you said like there's always a default answer you know obviously people are saying that they're busy or they're broke or whatever and but it's also like okay where are you going next and what are you doing next that's always the second or like the follow-up question um and as I said like that definitely builds up pressure because you you're going to feel like you always have to do something and that's a lie you don't always have to do something um but that as well as just classes I think um people who are in a more traditional school where they have longer semesters or even Drexel where we have 10 week semesters, there's a lot of pressure of, oh, I need to get good grades. I remember um, in one of my classes, I took this term, like during syllabus week, the first day of class, we kind of had to talk about our goals for the term. And literally 90% of people were saying that, oh, I want to get good grades or, oh, I want to get, you know, A's in all of my classes and things like that. But it's like, so many people are chasing that but then once they reach that or once they don't reach that it's like what what what's next um and I believe that I was one of the only people that mentioned that like you know I want to gain more experience I want to take things you know slow and all of that stuff but so many people are chasing the grind of like oh I need to I need to study all night I need to you know forget about water, forget about food, forget about social activities and stuff. I just need to study, study, study. But it's like they're looking at it in the wrong way. Yeah. Um, so I think those are those are the two um, big pressures that I've personally seen on my campus. It's interesting because as you're saying that, it like some light bulbs are kind of firing off because then – you know, then people leave the leave school and you enter mm-hmm. into the workforce and like, what's next? And the next thing is, oh, I want a either some sort of, you know, great title or kind of what you mentioned, just even with internships, like mm-hmm. great companies or whatever. But now it's like you're almost substituting, substituting the grades for the salary. It's like, right. that's the next, that, that's the next <laughs> one where, right. Where, you know, to your point, it really it really should be about that whole journey and that whole experience. And at least in my line of work, we just having interviewed a lot of people like that is always what the kind of the insight that comes out after going through a roller coaster of events in life. It's like you get to this realization that, you know, where you're at right now is where the magic's at. Right. So Mm. it's like, how can you, how can you take full appreciation of that? But it's hard to see that, especially when you're in the thick of it. Right. So I, I guess like, I'd love to understand like what, how do we help? Like how, what have you seen worked on work on campus? Like, are there, are there decent services or, you know, even just people to talk to about again, like just kind of pulling people out of that mindset or off the, off the autopilot to even be able to see that there might be a different approach to this. Right. 
Um, I think there definitely are a lot of, you know, resources and services on campus that help with, you know, being mindful and just taking time to relax and things like that. And what I've seen now with a lot of student organizations that I'm involved with is that throughout the term or specifically closer to like midterms or finals, they have different events about self-care. So, you know, they try and they try and introduce the fact that you you shouldn't you shouldn't stress yourself out so much just by studying, like taking time to relax, taking a break from studying and all of that stuff. So I think slowly but surely um, introducing events like that is helping, um, okay. helping students to realize that, you know, sometimes after studying for five hours, maybe you should take like an hour break instead of studying for another five hours, you know, so. Yeah, totally. And what are you seeing, Blessing? Like you've you've had a few or a couple inter- internships now uh, at some you know some pretty big tech companies. Are like, do you think these companies are ready for the generation that's coming out of school, especially in, in this? Because what I can say, what I see that is very different from even when I was coming out of out of university and college is is just like they're the I'm seeing young people with such drive and purpose and like that there's been time spent on, you know, like it's not just the job. Um, even though we've, we've talked a little bit about that, but it may, and maybe I'm biased just because of the people I'm interviewing. <laughs> um, but I, I do see a very different a- approach to like, you know, I want to work at a company that actually takes my, you know, well-being seriously and right. you know, that, you know, will hopefully help fulfill like my purpose or mission in life. Like that's fairly new. Um, so I, I'm yeah. wondering uh, if just from your perspective, right? Like what you noticed when you jumped into some of these organizations that are actually, you know, for all intents and purposes, we don't have to name names, but they're pretty progressive, right? Versus a lot of others. Mm-hmm. So right. yeah, any, any, any thoughts on that? So I think just as much as students are realizing that, oh, you know, it's not just about the company name. It's not just about, um, you know, your actual job description, but it's more about, or in addition, it's also about how employee employers kind of treat their employees um, with different facilities, with different, you know, forms of flexibility. And as much as students are realizing that, I think slowly, that's changing how the way, that's changing the way employers act um, and they market more towards that. So it's not just, you know, work at Google because it's Google. It's more like, you know, work at Google because of our, our corporate culture, because of, you know, these different, these different benefits that we have that help you personally and professionally. And, um, and just, you know, from the different opportunities I've had, I've seen, you know, companies that have massage rooms or companies that have, you know, choir rooms that whenever, you know, work gets too stressful for you, you can just go to the choir room, you can cool off, relax a little bit before going back to work. And I think the more the more companies or organizations try to um, introduce and have that within their culture, more students, more young professionals will be attracted to that company as a whole not just because it's a it's a it's a well-known company but also the values that they have sure interesting so i mean that 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 is encouraging so we're you're it's hopeful or you're seeing um 
you're seeing a bit of a shift take place. And I guess, right. you know, at this point, it's just, you know, is it, is it fast enough? Is it, you know, and what can we do obviously to, to, to best prepare uh, organizations and students, right. To, to make that, mm. that transition. So for you personally, um, I mean, you shared obviously some of the, some of the things that you're doing uh, from a, from a mental fitness standpoint and, and, and physical fitness, I'm sure as well. Like what are, what are some of the other things that you commonly <clears throat> have in your routine so that you can, you know, stay at your best um, personally and professionally yeah. or during times like now, right, where, you know, stress is a bit high, like what, what are the non-negotiables in your life? Right. Um, so I wouldn't say I'm still, per- I'm, I wouldn't say that I'm perfect at this. I'm still struggling with, you know, making sure I don't overbook myself on certain days or making sure I don't put too much on my plate. Um but definitely something that I've started to practice now is whenever I wake up, I would, on iPhones, you have the, I think it's a screen time feature where you can make sure, where you can disable your, either your social media apps or different apps, or you can just go on like do not disturb mode. So I tried to do that for the majority or for the first half of my day. Because I've realized that, Hmm. you know, starting the day, I can be on my phone so much and that sucks up most of my time and my energy as well, because I'm scrolling through social media and it's, again, that feeling of being overwhelmed, like, oh, these people are doing so much or, you know, just different things like that. So one of the things I've started practicing is just starting the day off well. And I think that really sets the tone for the rest of my day, Um, as well as that, just taking breaks. So... I'm not too sure. I can't remember if it's called the paradox method, um, but especially with studying, like, you know, you study intensively for 25 minutes and then you take a five minutes break and you keep going that way because something that I realize is that if I study for like two, three hours at one time, you know, I don't retain information well. Sure. So I've realized that, you know, taking that five minute break doesn't mean, oh, you need to go on your phone. That could be like, you know, walk around, drink some water, do anything that will, that will freshen you up. And something as well is naps. So I used to not be able to take naps, but I realized that it, it actually helps. Um, and so I realized that because a few days ago I was, I was studying for midterm and two hours, I was just writing notes. I was reading and I was like, I'm not, I'm not retaining anything. So I've almost just wasted two hours and I was like falling asleep at the table and things like that. This was at like 5 PM. So I was like, okay, let me, let me take a nap. Let me actually sleep and see if things will be better when I wake up. So I slept for two hours. And when I woke up, um, I was more productive. Like in one hour, I finished everything that I needed to do. But you know, in some cases people would see those two hours that you slept and those two hours that you, you know, tried to study, which is a combination of four hours as a waste of time. Whereas because you took that nap, you know, you were able to, you were more productive. So there's just different things I'm learning each day um, to do that have really helped me. So that concept is where I like, I really resonate with, with that thought process, because I feel like, like even with your, your self-care days, right, where uh, like even yourself, you noticed that when you first started them, you felt like, oh man, I'm wasting, wasting right. the day and all this stuff. Right. But like that, it's, it's that mentality of, well, no, by doing this, I'm, 
like 10xing what I'm going to do later when it comes to the whole productivity mm-hmm. or whatever work you study and you have to do, right? Um, but it takes obviously it takes time to even enough for ourselves to mentally grasp that, right? And then exactly. then you start actually feeling the benefits, and then it then it becomes a little bit easier. But at first, uh, I mean, I totally resonate with 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 some of your friends that were like, oh, I don't know about this. Thank you, <laughs> right? Um, that's amazing. No, I, I I love it, and 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 again, it's it's super hopeful to see um, someone you know right in school, like at the really be- the beginning of of like your career and life, um, prioritizing your 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 mindset. That's kind of the theme that I've been noticing from this conversation is is prioritizing or protecting, right? Right, like even even when you're replying to LinkedIn comments, it's you mm. know now is not the time to do that. It's do this in the right mindset, or the morning is super important. So, you know, make sure you're distraction free, and um, you know you're setting up your mind for, you know, your optimal performance. Exactly, um, it's super smart. It's it's really um, it's really inspiring. So thank you, thank you for sharing all of that. Of course. I'll, um, I just want to respect your time. So I'll start wrapping up. I mean, the, the one question I, I also ask everyone, as you're probably aware, um, is to get your reflective questions because we, we load these in the app after and, and hopefully help others with their, with their reflection or their journaling if they're, if they're doing that. And the question is just is simply this, you know, are there three reflective prompts that you find yourself asking on a frequent basis or when you have tough decisions or life changes that um, have helped uh, throughout your your journey? Mm. So I want to start off with, I think the first one I want to mention would be why. So why am I doing this? I think this has been the question that has got me through a lot. Um, so that it kind of breaks up into two different two different perspectives. So why am I doing this? why do I need to carry on with something or like why why is what I'm doing so important that I need to you know be persistent that I need to keep striving and everything like that but then on the other hand it's like why am I doing this so is this important is this something that if I personally don't do it then you know hell will break loose so those are two questions that I ask myself and that really helps to prioritize what I do um, when it comes to schoolwork, when it comes to um, to just any other extracurriculars that I have. Um, and then similar with that, but I guess more on um, the extracurricular side um, is, am I doing this at my own expense? And I think I put this question in my post for the Being Human campaign. And this has helped me a lot as well, because I feel like many people do so many things, but they don't know going back to my first part, they don't know why they're doing it. They just do it so they can say that they're doing it. Yeah. But if you like peel back that cert, that you know that window and you're really asking yourself like, why am I doing this? And am I doing this, you know, at my own expense? Like, am I not drinking well because I'm doing this? Am I not eating well? Am I, am I lacking a social life because I'm doing this? I think that really helps to to reinforce and clarify why exactly you're doing what you're doing, whether it's studying for an exam or, you know, being on a, on a board of a student organization, anything like that. Um, and my last one, which is kind of, it touches on both the, the classroom side and outside of the classroom side is does this, so whatever you're doing, does this align with your goals? 
Um, and I think that's important because, as I said, you know, we're doing so many things, but if you don't have your goals set out for each month, for each quarter, for each year, and you see that what you're doing doesn't align with, you know, one specific goal or any of your goals, it's like, it kind of goes back to that first question of why are you really doing this? So, for example, with classes, you know, you're studying um, mm-hmm. and you set yourself to have a goal of you know, getting an A. So it's like, it's what you're doing now is you're studying, you're, you know, um, going to teaching assistance and all of that stuff. Is that aligning with my goal of getting an A? If it isn't, yeah. But if it's not, then you have to kind of, you have to go back and kind of just re-strategize. Similarly with, if you're on on an e-board or if you're um, a member of a club, if you have a goal that's, whatever operational or tactical thing that you're doing throughout the day or throughout the week, if that doesn't match, if that doesn't align, then, you know, there's just a lot of, there's a lot of conditioning that you need to do. And I think all of those questions have really helped me. As I said, I'm not perfect. I'm still struggling with this. I'm still taking on too many things and then realizing that, oh, maybe I should have asked more questions and things like that. Um, But I think those are the three fundamental questions that, have kept me sane up to this point and just helped me to manage my time and, and manage what I do on a daily basis. Well, they're, they're super powerful. And I mean, we're, we're all trying to figure this out, right? That's the, right. And, and again, that kind of goes right back to that whole concept of being human. So um, I appreciate you sharing that, that vulnerability. Um, just one question related to these actually, like, do you, do you find, like when do you actually find yourself asking these or is it, is it just kind of on the fly when you're, when you're working or do you, do you actually take time out of the day or the week to evaluate or reflect on some of these, these prompts? Yeah. So two different scenarios. So whenever it's like a new project or a new opportunity that I'm faced with, that's when I would ask all three questions. So, you know, do I have the energy or, the right mindset to take on something new do I have the time does this align with you know the goals that I've envisioned for myself mm. would taking this on mean that I I lose sleep I lose energy all of that stuff um but also on the other hand when I um enter a new week similarly to how I schedule my my self-care days a month before I schedule I guess like my week's um the week before. So before the new week starts, I would look through everything that I have planned for that week. And I would ask myself the questions of, you know, is what I'm doing on this specific day in this specific week, is that so important that I will lose, you know, um, my nap time or I would lose, I would lose um, time to eat during the day. Um, And that's really helped just making sure that you have enough time to spend for yourself during that week. And that's not taking any time out of, you know, your well-being or your eating or your sleeping and things like that. And um, that has really helped, especially knowing that, you know, a lot of the things that we do nowadays, it doesn't have to be as strict as we make it seem. So I like I can have a day filled with, you know, five or six different tasks but at least three of those tasks can be can be spread out during the month, you know? I don't have to do everything on that specific day. Mm-hmm. And, you know, at the end of the day, having so many things in, in one day under such little time, 
it will overwhelm me. It will stress me out. But I have that mindset of, oh no, like I need to do it now. But then I kind of flipped it to say, you know, I don't need to meet with this person right now. They're asking, they're asking me to meet with them. So why am I, why am I meeting with them at my own expense? You know, let me, let me postpone it or let me say, oh, can we meet in two, in two weeks and things like that. So just those questions have really helped on a weekly basis, on a monthly basis, and then just in general as well. Sure. So important. And it's, it's uh, like, I can totally resonate. It's something I've been, I've been doing myself for, for some time now. And I, I Mm. feel like you, when you, when you keep that practice up, like then you start obviously learning about yourself as well. And you immediately can spot, right? Like, you know what, that Wednesday is way too loaded. I know that if I don't change something there, the I'm going to feel miserable. Mm. And like, I'm just running from meeting to meeting or, or, or in my case, be like, I'm not going to feel like I accomplished anything, right? Because it's just so jammed. Right. But, you know, what's what's kind of key is like, you, you can't get to those realizations if you don't take a few minutes. And, and that's the thing. It's only a few minutes, right? Um, that's what I love about all of this stuff is, you know, the more we can talk about these type of practices and, and, and get these insights from people like yourself, it's the mm-hmm. realization is it's, you know, it doesn't have to be these long drawn out sessions. It's, you know, probably a few minutes at the end of the week and a quick right. scan of what's happening. And just because of that, you're so well set up, right. For the, for the following week. <laughs> so amazing. I mean, I can't, I can't thank you enough for this, this conversation blessing. You're, you're just a, an incredible human doing awesome, um, work and initiatives and in this world. And I'm, I'm really pumped just to see what's next. And, um, you know, what, what's up in your, your journey when, when you leave school and to be a part of that in some way. So super grateful for, for you taking the time and, uh, keep rocking it out there. Thank you so much. I really appreciate this. Yes, you made it to the end of the conversation. Thank you so much for your attention. And if you enjoyed the chat, leave us a little love wherever you're listening. Stars, reviews, they go a long way. Don't forget, you can find all of these guests along with a ton of powerful reflective prompts in our digital journaling app, Kyo, K-Y-O. Search it in the Apple App Store and it'll pop up. Wishing you the absolute best in your mental fitness and an incredible day.